Well, hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Weirdly Magical podcast with Jen and Lou. I'm Louise, or Lou. I'm an astrologer, shamanic practitioner, and writer of Modern Astrology. Harness the stars to find your soul's true purpose, and my dog's sneezing. I offer soul astrology readings, <laughs> classes, <laughs> and I also have an online community or membership site, which is now going to be connected to my website, which I'm very excited about. And I have different levels of membership, and you'll also be able to find all my products there going forward, classes, everything, all in one place, heaven. But all can be found at louiseeddington.com with one D, and I help you to live in deep self-awareness and acceptance and jen take it away hi and i'm jen duchen or jen i don't know if we're supposed to say our last names i am an akashic healer an illuminator numerologist teacher creator of the illuminating journey cards and uh, author of le chic cocoon i offer illuminating healing and clearing of Akashic and numeric readings, workshops, and I have a community uh, soul pillow salon, which is email-based and live. There's some live. Uh, for deep soul connection, clarity, and healing. And all of this can be found on my website, jendushin.com or by emailing me at jen at jendushin.com. Cool. So today we're going to be looking at the Taurus new moon, which takes place on May the 4th. I'll go into more detail about that in just a moment. But before we dive into the energies, uh, just some housekeeping. Um, our podcast is getting some great reviews on iTunes and some just stars as well. All welcome. So if you, um, if you love our podcast, please subscribe at your favorite podcast provider and go to iTunes and give us a hopefully five star review. Uh, plus, we also now have a Patreon, and for just $3 a month, you can support our podcast, and we'll be supporting, uh, sorry, introducing special patron-only content moving forward, and that's patreon.com weirdly magical, forward slash weirdly magical. And lastly, um, each episode, we are going to feature a listener question, if we have one. We don't actually have a question for this episode is fine but um if you have a burning question um about anything um about the cosmos about astrology about numbers whatever your question please email to weirdly magical podcast at gmail.com and one question will be chosen at random and featured on the on an episode no personal um, details will be shared on the podcast other than your first name. So send us your questions. So diving into the energies, as I said, we are today looking at the energy of the Taurus new moon and um, what's happening between now, today, we're recording on the 19th on the day of the full moon, a bit ahead of usual schedule because I am traveling next week. Um, but we have some 
pretty intense um, energy shifts leading up to the full moon. Sorry, the new moon. The new moon is on May the 4th, 2019 at 11.45 p.m. Universal time. That's London, England time. And it takes place at 14 degrees and 10 minutes of Taurus. And we'll talk about some of the aspects to it um, when we're actually kind of just discussing. But a leading up to it, I do want to mention a couple of, um, of things we've got going on because we've got some pretty intense energy shifts, as I said. Um, we have in the next 24 hours, moon, sun going into Taurus, Venus going into Aries. We won't talk about that so much. But um, in three days' time on Monday, the 22nd, we have the Sun conjunct Uranus, which is a pretty big deal. We have Venus conjunct um, Chiron in Aries, um, just about the same time. We also have Pluto um, turning retrograde on the 24th. After that, we have Mars squaring Neptune. So Mars is in Gemini and we'll be squaring Neptune in Pisces. And incidentally, Mars is going out of bounds tomorrow on the 20th until June the 15th. So any aspects Mars makes during this period um, are going to be crazily intense because when Mars is out of bounds, he's pretty wild. So, <laughs> And then... <laughs> And then on the last day of April, we have Saturn going, um, almost the last day, we have Saturn turning retrograde in Capricorn and um, conjoining the South Node and opposing the North Node. And then we have in the first week of May, well, in fact, the first three days of May leading up to this new moon, we have a whole bunch of Mercury aspects, Mercury being in Aries. Um, Mercury will aspect that out of bounds Mars, square the nodes, square Saturn, uh, square Pluto. And remember, both of those have just turned retrograde. And um, he will finish with a trine to Jupiter. And then we have the new moon. So we've got an awful lot of energy. We've got a lot of energy shifts of direction. Um, and, um, and so kind of some very wild card energy as, as I kind of like to f talk about it with that Mars, um, really kind of causing disruption as I know today, <laughs> because he's sitting on my moon and my Lilith and opposing my Jupiter just before he goes out of bounds and Gemini is the mind, Aries is the head and I have a lovely headache. But incidentally, before Jen dives in with the numbers, I do want to say that the new moon chart is almost Jen's solar return chart because it's just before her birthday. <laughs> so you could all wish her happy birthday when you listen to this. <laughs> Thanks. That's pretty exciting that it's we're talking about it and my birthday follows. Yeah. So that's really awesome. Yes. An exciting time. Uh, I wanted to kind of address some of the energies or the numeric energies, uh, Kashik energies, kind of, you know, cosmic energies that are happening, uh, bef uh, you know, in relation to what Lou was talking about. This period we're in, we're in a very intense period right now for another week 
at least. I know ongoing, but this is specific to um, this idea of us uh, learning to manifest in a new way. So what's happening is the uh, reality that we have um, kind of looked at as our reality is starting to morph and change and soften. And we're in this period right now uh, where we're being... um, kind of bombarded with information, like kind of changing our minds, like that's all that energy. Um, and particularly this weekend, this night, you know, the 19, 20, 21, this is very potent energy coming in, helping us to kind of see beneath the veils and begin to project the kind of reality that we believe in. And I think this is an important distinction, you know, between what we just say we want and what we believe in, you know, is where the difference lies. Because just because we say, oh, I want this, that's not going to make it happen. We have to actually believe in it or we have to do the things that are actually going to move us in that direction. So we have to take actual steps to um, see that reality changed, uh, which is very interesting. And I'm beginning to see with myself, I started getting after the full moon last night, woke me up and I was uh, like, oh, uh, okay, I can see now how I've been deluding myself, right, about certain things or beliefs that have been kind of hovering around me that I have not seen. Uh, So I think that's really interesting. And I pulled a card from the Illuminating Journey card for this moon and this period and it is the uh, soul portal 31 which i find fascinating right because it's 31 is a four and it's the genius number Uh, and this card for those of you who can't see is a picture of it's kind of the dragon's lair or that's how i look at it so it's the space where this woman's sitting on a rock and she has all these jewels in her lap and pearls and the, she's kind of contemplating the jewels of her life, right? And this is kind of where we are. We are contemplating the gifts and the experiences we've had and what we think it means. And now what we're choosing to make it mean, considering the fact that we are creating something different, how are we choosing to see these things? Mm-hmm. Now that we have the wisdom to create the pearls we desire, and around her, there are dragons flying, there's other piles of jewels, there's some... Uh, big trees that are the um, boabab trees, which are wisdom trees, but in actual fact, every part of this tree is used, like nothing goes to waste. And of course, they live for thousands of years. Uh, They are self-sufficient as well. So I find this kind of a fascinating idea that this is what's come up at this time, is this idea of being in contemplation with our own creativity. Like, what are we creating? Mm. It's, it's a lot to do with the core values, I think, with with the Taurus season coming. I always think of this. We've had this card before on the bus, yes. I know. And I always think of it as the Game of Thrones card. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I've never watched the Game of Thrones. So, that's <laughs> so for those of you that watch Game of Thrones, you will probably know what I mean. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Because Game of Thrones, really, when it comes down to it, is about what we really value and things too. So, <laughs> right, and that's—I mean, just the title alone is a very exciting title, right? Game of Thrones. That's kind of we get to decide what throne we are um, 
either throwing into the ring or we're 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 chasing after and and thinking has value to us and what we're prepared to do. Uh, so I think that's fascinating. So as to the numeric aspects, so right now we're in this new this uh, intense numeric aspect, remembering that we're in a twelve universal year and a 19 calendar year, which means new beginnings, releasing our old thoughts, our old ideas, and kind of shining a light on who we are. And the 12, which is two plus one plus nine, that gives us the three, the 12, which is a three, one plus two is three, which reminds us everything is focus, connect, and articulate in some way. You know, we begin to create either with our voices or through the things we do, and then we go back again, right? One, two, three. Uh, well, this new moon we're talking about is a four. It's on the fourth day, right? So we have one, two, three, four. And then the uh, n- the number of the moon, the degree is 14, which is a five, one and four and five. So we have one, two, three, four, five uh, at play here, which is pretty exciting. Like it's this idea that, and we've seen this pattern happening quite often, uh, over the period of time. The other thing that's very fascinating about the, um, the the May energy is that we have a 17 universal month. And 17 is a um, the number of immortality. So it allows us to choose the legacy that we want to leave. It also reminds us that we are immortal. And what do we do? And it comes back to that idea of the Game of Thrones. If we are immortal and we get to kind of change or shape our reality, what does that look like? And the other aspect is right right now we're in a very intuitive time because we're in an April is a very intuitive month. It's highly intuitive. So it's helping us break through kind of some of these old shells and stuff that have been kind of holding us rigid. Uh, so awareness is one thing right it's great when your mind gets changed you see new things but then you have to start to take action and the um the four of the day plus the 17 which makes an eight uh is a, a combo that creates um it's that kind of fated thing we know fateful things will happen when we have this uh combination mm. And incidentally, you you mentioned the 17 and Venus is the ruler of Taurus. uh, So it's the ruler of the new moon. And she is at 17 degrees of Aries on the new moon. So she's tying that 17 in as well. And in the sign of Aries, which is very much about our identity. Who am I? So, So all these things are really kind of coming in together. Um, I must admit, when I look at kind of the whole energy in the chart, I see a lot of um, kind of really um, a lot of mental overwhelm. But maybe that's just me feeling it with the Mars um, Mars in Gemini um, affecting so much in my chart. But I do think we're going to be kind of bombarded with information and things being revealed between now and the new moon. Um, you know, from within and from without, you know, we're seeing it happen uh, kind of in the collective with um, with just like the burning of the Notre Dame, you know, not just the burning of that, but what it's bringing up, you know, suddenly we realise like 
you know, they've raised how much money so far from very few, very, very wealthy people. It's kind of being put in our face um, about kind of the patriarchy and the oligarchy. And then we're being asked what we value. I'm seeing so many people talk about, you know, well, yes, it's beauty. Yes, it's art. Yes, it's an amazing building. But what about like you know the earth what about (laughs) um the coral reefs that are being destroyed why are we not putting all this into uh restoring them that kind of thing so it's what's really our core values we're being asked all the time to um to look at all this i do think the the pluto and um saturn retrogrades happening or the stations happening at the same time especially conjunct the south node are also revealing all this stuff um i must admit i kind of um (laughs) kind of walk around all the time at the moment thinking the patriarchy's on its way out (laughs) i woke up this i woke up this morning thinking it's not just the catholic church it's all abrahamic religions they're just gonna die they're gonna go indeed Indeed. you know it's just but what is what is really how are we really living what values are we living by just think we're being asked that and bombarded with information at a macro and micro level yes i think you're absolutely right but for me i i I, what i get is and i find this kind of interesting because um i think it's true we are being bombarded mentally um and spiritually, emotionally, and all different levels, because that's what waking up is about. That's what mm-hmm. being revealed to ourselves is. I mean, we've lived under this illusion that, um, you know, I only need to do this, or this is what it looks like to uh, uh, to be successful, or just to survive, or, you know, there's a lot of kind of um, putting up with or accepting certain things. And what was coming to mind when you were talking about those people that are giving money to the Notre Dame, the revival or whatever it's being called. uh, Yes, this is bringing up a lot of issues, but for me, it's really this idea that we, do we want these people to come along with us? Right. Because of course, people who have money, like we have, enabled this this lifestyle right that there are certain people that have a lot and there's a lot of people who have nothing and then a bunch of people in the middle being squeezed it's like a crazy sandwich and um so the way we've done it is through uh, kind of negative reinforcement right mm-hmm. look at those people they look what they spend their money on and all this kind of stuff or we can go with the idea that first of all, these people can spend their money on whatever they want because they're in that position. Secondly, why are they doing it and how do we make them, or not that maybe make them is the wrong word, how do we encourage them? How do we invite them to come into what we believe in? And I think that's where things have to shift. Like we have to go to that place of, I don't want to be focused on the parts that I don't agree with. I want to be focused on how we can make this work. Because obviously those people are doing it for a reason, right? They're not just, you know, and it could be an emotional reason. There's also a um, a reason because they're involved in, um, uh, you know, 
it looks good, right? Looks yeah. good. They get this and that. They want their name on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that because the one guy said they, they don't care about the tax break. I don't know if they want their name on it as such, but you're right. In a sense, they get goodwill for it, right? Yeah. They get the attachment. But how do we make these other things, the earthly things that we are looking at, attractive enough and um, uh, kind of sexy? So they want to put their name on that too, right? Mm. And so I think that's kind of what the conversation is. When we come back, if we're talking about values, uh, our values have to come back to this place of we're not judging somebody else for the values they have. We're kind of showing them what else is possible. And what else is, what, what we desire to create this reality that will actually impact all of us on a much bigger scale. I do think we kind of have to see this before we can, before we can invite them in though, which kind oh, of. Totally, totally. We have to have that fight, right? We have to have that fight and that explosion. And this is what you're talking about. This yeah. is Mars in our, um, out of bounds. This is the Gemini thing. And actually 14, I didn't talk about it, but this is a key point you bring up is the number 14 is about expressing ourselves in the world. It is considered the media number. So it's about describing how we feel. It's about really getting to the root of the stuff, which is Torian, right? It's this idea that oh, we have moaned behind closed doors in a sense about all this stuff, but we've never been voluble out in the public eye. We have never really got together, but we haven't had the resources, but now we have the media that, you know, social media, and we can go, wow, this is what we want. Hey, there's more than just me. I'm not just one crazy person. So we can actually begin to activate this conversation you're talking about. And and feel strong when, you know, in the old days, they would just kind of roll us over and, you know, call in the cops and destroy us. And who knows, they may try to do that again. The difference is we're not buying it anymore. We're not as stupid as we were or as desperate or afraid as we were, you know, many times before. I see the Extinction Rebellion in London is just, it started this, well, it's been going on for a while. But the particular current demonstration started on the 15th and is still going strong. 400 arrests in, but it's all good natured. People are singing, playing music, (laughs) dancing and saying, we don't want to die. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of feel that's very Uranus in Taurus, actually. It is, right? Yeah, it is. And with this idea, with this Venus energy, you know, like in all of it, like lining up, we've talked about some of the aspects as well with the support of the great mothers in the system mm-hmm. or the great female energy, which is our intuition. It is that aspect of helping us and our in- innovation and our intelligence and our idea building and going, wow, this is so much easier if we do this with joy yeah. as opposed to I'm going to struggle and make it hard on myself. Uh, Right? So it's fascinating because, of course, the, the, the year number, the 12, is about joy. It's about creating joy because that's what it is about being in creative mode is, you know, when kids are creating things, they're not miserable about what they're creating. Right? They're excited about it and curious. And, uh, going, yeah, let's make a party out of this. Everyone join in. And I have to say, I think that the, the you know the fact i love that it's at 14 for a start a i am 14 five 
<laughs> and my ruling planet Jupiter is at 14 degrees of Sagittarius. So I'm being lit up again by all the charts. But, <laughs> but enough about me. Um, <laughs> we have Venus, Venus ruling the new moon um, from Aries. But we are opposite Venus. We have Pallas Athena in the other Venus ruled sign, um, Libra. And Pallas Athena is uh, together with uh, Ceres over in Sagittarius, making a finger of fate or God pointing at this new moon. And whenever there's a finger of fate or finger of God, um, you know, there's a real focus on it. So not only is it a new moon uh, with, as Jen said, kind of the media number, it's also a number of change, I believe, isn't it? Kind yes, of very immutable. That. That's true. Yeah. It's number of change, it's freedom. It's about freedom, yeah. liberty. Yes, and, and, and we've got these two goddess energies pointing right at the new moon, and they're both retrograde. Um, but J Pallas Athena is wise justice. She's been retrograde in Libra for quite some time you know kind of seeking this kind of balance and harmony and and yes like social justice in the world and there's Ceres over in Sagittarius um she's the great mother she represents um the harvest and uh, grief and forgiveness and 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 also the seasons so another form of balance and she's in Sagittarius, which is the sign of uh, kind of the visionary um, truth, the future, bigger, the, the bigger picture. So we've got these two goddess energies pointing at this um, very, what, what is a very um, feminine for want of a, or yin, let's say, new moon for us. <laughs> that's very earthy, very connected with the, the material world. And again, as we said, our values. So, you know, I, I really, I keep saying it in all my writing um, and everything that, you know, it's not the, it's not women are not taking over. It's the divine feminine is taking her rightful place. That was always really there um, in equal, um, equal energy with the young energy with the male energy in the cosmos um and there's so much pointing towards that and this is yet another step in that so that we can each become balanced within our masculine and feminine and the world can become more balanced because the patriarchy with the age we're coming out of is very um masculine young kind of energy of dominion and control and um and that's nobody's fault. The energies were kind of that way. <laughs> that's just how it is. And the fact that, uh, you know, all this is pointing to the new moon, Pluto and Saturn in Capricorn, which basically is the patriarchal sign, even though it's a feminine sign, is, is kind of saying more undermining of that so that the feminine energy can rise up and they can start to balance out more and more um we're not there yet we've got a long way to go but each of these is a kind of step along the way right? yes and i think what's really fascinating you brought up quite a few fascinating points Liz, mm. that um i wanted to just mention this kind of thought i had that this is the third venus ruled moon full moon in a row because we had the two 
Libra moons and now we're too full. Sorry, new yeah. moon, right? But so, we've had a lot of Venus ruled lunation. That's right. That's <laughs> it wasn't exactly as I thought, but yes, third ruled moon kind of sort of in a row, missing yeah. the one other new moon. But um, so it's pretty fascinating. And then, of course, Pallas Athena is at 13 degrees, which is the number of the divine feminine. And that is also a four, right? So it's a four day. Remember, I talked about the four series, which is the great mother, as you mentioned, and this kind of bringing in the mothering energy is at the 12, which links to our year, right? Yes. The year. And there's another uh, three in here that I didn't mention, and that is the um, the universal date of this new moon is a 21, which mm -hmm. is about the truth, right? So four is about creating a new system or laying the foundation, like birthing or earthing, really earthing these uh, our ideas, our, our um, intuition into the earth so we creating we're starting to create a new system and how do we do that we have to start breaking up the old through, through fury and joy and and it's kind of all the emotional our capacity to be emotional which is something we haven't mm -hmm. for a long time like we've been emotional behind closed doors we've taken medicine we've done all these things to suppress our emotions to deny that we have the right to have our emotions you know, yeah. uh, seen because they would bother somebody. So this idea uh, that we, you know, for many generations, thousands of years ago, they, things were one way. It was, you know, what they call, you know, kind of a goddess reigned world. Then it became the patriarchy. So it's like, okay, so now you guys, they complain. So like, okay, you guys get your turn to see what you can do about creating reality. And this is the path they chose to use domination, fear, and um, suppression. And so, okay, at some point, that's the earthquake, right? That's the uh, Uranus in Taurus, everything exploding, breaking up, all of our minds exploding at the same time. Mm -hmm. But allowing, at the same time, if we think about it, having the supportive wisdom and loving energy and reinvention or... Um, I guess reinvention is the right word, reinvention of our values. Who are we and who do we want to be in the world? Like, what do we want to focus on in terms of what we believe is our debt and our abundance? Mm -hmm. And with all the support, we, I think it really speaks to that idea that we are uh, being freed from that old rule, right? That, oh, I can't have something like, look, all these rich guys are deciding where we're going to put all the money. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's the old way. But, yeah. right, the new way will be more generous because they have proved over and over again that mm -hmm. when we're generous to ourselves and to others, we don't feel lack. We don't have to create, you know, uh, walls and all mm -hmm. these um, fences to keep people from trying to take what we have like the only reason why people when we've got somebody to take trying to build a wall <laughs> i know right so that's exactly like that's the the, the last you know what to say exactly. uh, you know the last stand you know this is yeah. like custer's last stand or whatever right oh yeah i'm gonna 
you know, get really hard on you. And I think that's kind of the keys we have to remember. Like we've got to have our sense of humor around this. It's painful, uh, but it's also freeing us. Like when we can, we can now face those people and say, okay, you've done your worst and I'm still here. I'm still yeah. standing and I can still feel joy and still do all these things. And you're not gonna, I'm not going away. Like my desire and the desires of all of us that agree with each other are not going to go, oh, yes, you're right. Let's just all run away now and let you have everything. That's not going to happen. And I, <laughs> I love that you mentioned we've had so many Venus ruled lunations because, I mean, I must admit it's a personal obsession of mine at the moment because I wrote an article like that channeled out of me the day that not notre dame um burned um it just all flooded and you know the more i find out the more i find that i, I realize how significant in um it symbolizes this fire because it was built on a temple of isis and isis is venus also there was a mosque in jerusalem that burned on the same day and i haven't had time yet to look into that because mosque would that mosque would have been built on some other kind of sacred ground too because jerusalem is a um a sacred city and you know it feels like everything you you talked about the explosion of uranus in taurus which is is very venus ruled too it does feel like this bubbling up and exploding of the institutions almost it's um but you know are just being represented and and the institutions, they represent our values that we've lived by, the rules, Capricorn, that we've lived by. Everything's just being really, really blown open right now. It's um, it's quite fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jen disappeared. <laughs> I know. To me, I think what's so significant, oh, yeah. I don't know what's happening with the internet, all of a sudden we're talking about really key things and then the internet starts. Oh, to yours went funny, didn't it? Oh, no. <laughs> for me. Yeah. Uh, but what's kind of weird is um, for me, when I heard about the, you know, the um, Notre Dame thing, the idea of the spire, to me that represents, you know, the male, you know, the penis. It's the yeah. idea like I'm going to take over, I'm going to dominate. Mm -hmm. Like, and we're talking about, you know, and especially if we talk about the 19, which is interesting because 19 is the number of the sun. Mm -hmm. And thousands of years ago, the sun was considered female. And yeah. then, you know, at some point they changed it because the males decided, oh, we want to be the sun. You know, we want all of this, right? Um, they claimed everything. And so pointing these spires into the um, kind of cosmos is the idea of kind of drawing the sun energy through them, right? So like we have the power, we're the ones you're going to talk through. And so this to me is, is like the goddess or the goddess energy going, Venus, whatever, whatever you call it, going, you know, I, okay, I put up with your bullshit little boys right or oh, whatever i put yeah, up with your yeah. games you've had your turn the contract is done okay penis goes down right it's like yeah. pulling out all the power and um i mean that's a huge declaration the interesting yeah, thing yeah. is that it didn't destroy all of it they did you know the gargoyles were saved because they had been removed because there was um um because um, the renovation work that's right because the renovation so it's all very perfect uh it's, it's it's a very uh, feminine way to declare your time's up, right? 
I, what I find interesting though is they they removed the guardians day four days before the fire uh, and actually removed their heads before they removed them and the guardians were of course all male on on it and i do wonder how they're gonna reintroduce that if they rebuild it will they rebuild it all as it was or will they um actually introduce more yin and yang more male and female energy and i don't know if you saw that uh, apparently there was the the last statue there was a, a beautiful statue of isis in there in there that was removed because uh, the people that lived there and created the temple were you know originally celtics mm -hmm. and um yeah. you know acadians etc the parisians and um that's right um and so they still worshipped isis that temple you know the uh, notre dame was built it's our lady of course um and so one of the uh, popes i guess i don't know roman no not popes roman leaders mm. they they didn't like the the sexual activity that happened with the pagans right they were very like i say evangelistic right they wanted everyone to be like them they were very disapproving and controlling and so he ordered that all of the statues would be burned and mm. that was in the 1500s which is very close to the date we're looking at where uh, you know, the last time Saturn and Pluto were yeah. um, in the same position they are now. So Charlemagne? No, it wasn't Charlemagne. It was a uh, Roman, one of the Roman. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Tiberius. I think it was Tiberius, okay. actually. I said Stephen, it's Tiberius. Yeah. Uh, who ordered that because they were very um, disapproving of sexual activity, mm. you know. Which is so strange, right? It's just like that whole evangelistic thing. Okay, it is. Everyone else behave yourself and don't do anything, and I'll do what I want. And I'll do all these depraved things while you know under closed doors. Uh, so uh, it's kind of very interesting to see that what has happened, um, and how now that we're in this period, you know, with rising disease, rising uh, um, revolution. Mm. Uh, because what often happens when you create disease, disease is created by humans doing things to control, right? Like yeah. when they, um, they killed all the cats because they thought they were witches. This is also in the 1500s. Then, of course, disease rose because that's when of the course. rodents, right, had the... the they weren't killing the rodents. Yeah. So... And, so much history weaving in with all this. I knew Charlemagne had something to do with Notre Dame. Um, she probably did, but um, did. I don't know all the history. So so much, right? Yeah, there's a statue of him in front of it. So, and I know he was something to do with it. But but it is everything. Oh, all trend. Everything's kind Sorry. of coming back into roost, if you like, as, you, as you're pointing out. Yeah, from all these. That's right. That's pretty fascinating, and I think all of them. Right. I mean, all of whoever's dominate dominated the world, you know, or whatever was considered the world, would then try to lay their claim, right? Kind of like they would do with the woman, right? They yeah. Would, that's part of their system of raping into other uh, groups so they could control the woman through their children and through their birth line, right? Yes. Yeah. So I don't. Want... We see that. In... All Sorry. right. All right. 
No, I was just going to say in the U.S. what's happening. Oh, exactly. With this idea of kind of controlling women's bodies, right? Same story, right? Yeah, and that, and you know, it's they are doubling down at the moment, and where they're trying to tighten up the rules about abortion and things to control women's bodies more, and um, you know, it's it's kind of going to get worse, I think, before it's going to get better in that way. Um, but again, I see all these things as kind of um, things that are happening to kind of hit us in our face for us to really figure out what we really do value to move forward into this new paradigm. Um, you know, instead of getting thinking the world's at an end, oh my God, you know, we're going backwards. It's going to be the handmaid's tale. It's going to be, uh, I really don't believe it is, you know. <laughs> Well, let's put it this way. We can, we're creating the reality so it can be whatever we decide. Yeah. However, the truth is that um, with all that stuff coming into our faces, what it does is it makes us remember, right? It's kind of like shock treatment in a sense. Like it's like, you know how we tend to like, oh, that's terrible. And then we kind of go back to sleep. And then it's yeah. like, oh, that's terrible. So it's like all of the stuff is like breaking down all that old stuff. And I think if we remember that this is about joy, like mm -hmm. finding our value through joy and expressing and going, that may be your desire, but I'm not in agreement with it. I am not going to follow your lead. I'm refusing to play in that playground. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if anybody wants to get that vibe that Jen and I are talking about, just go, there's the Extinction Rebellion Facebook page. Go and just look at some of their videos of them being arrested. There's people being arrested with big smiles on their faces. <laughs> Yay, this is great kind of thing. Because they're standing up for what they do want, you know. It's, exactly. It's just such a representation of, of what we're both talking about here. Um, I do want to mention as well, um, you know, aspects to the new moon. Uh, yeah. yeah, we've we've talked quite a bit about Pluto and Saturn and the South Node because they're so prevalent because of the two retrogrades and and it's all happening together and these three are going to basically be together for quite some time. Well, the Node will move on, but Saturn and Pluto particularly, but also Neptune. Neptune is aspecting this new moon and also in aspect to the lunar nodes um, on that. Mm -hmm. And can't, you know, we, Neptune moves so slowly and Neptune's um, influence is so subtle, but I, I, I keep seeing him being triggered and each time Neptune is aspected and each time he aspects other things, I do think our spiritual awareness is um, is raising up and up and up. But it's so, he's so slow and subtle that, you know, it's a person here and a person here are having an awakening. Then it ripples out to a few more people and more and more people are kind of waking up to what I would call real connected spirituality rather than these kind of top-down belief systems that we've been under for so so long I kind of find it I, I went to my yoga studio this um before we did this and there was a, a there's a lovely guy he's he's there and 
you know, we'd never talked, but we were the first two there. So we sat and talked and he actually moved to this country for the LDS church, <laughs> typical, another patriarchal institution. But he, he said, I had my awakening two years ago. You hear just almost people you wouldn't expect using this word all the time now. And here's Neptune again, aspecting um, everything on this new moon chart. So I think it's going to be another kind of group of souls awakening, if you like. So incidentally. Yes, absolutely. It actually feels very emotional. I can feel it does. Can I just mention, though, talking of churches and monoliths? Um, The temple in Salt Lake is closing down for renovations that we got oh, interesting. today i know and i was like i hmm, wonder if it will ever open again <laughs> yes in the same way right yes it'd be interesting to see what land they built that temple on because you know they looked uh, yeah they very they looked at all that stuff it's yeah. pretty fascinating i was just gonna say i didn't realize you were still talking sorry yeah, uh, the, the neptune aspect feels very emotional because of course Neptune dissolves everything and this idea of dissolving old spiritual habits or um, hideouts right it's kind of like being in prison and rising up and so fateful when you think how it's connected to the nodes because this is a very fateful node uh, combo right with the being in the these two cardinal signs of Mm. um, of you know our home or our roots and then our standing in the world or what we believe is our um, mission right our divine mission which is kind of being mixed up we it you know it used to be a something very sacred the work we did in the world and now we're coming back to that being sacred and it establishing our roots for ourselves in that aspect right who are we and what do we do is very much linked it's like the that divine line that carries us through our lives yeah absolutely and you know looking at other connections that are coming up i started at the beginning by talking about mars going out of bounds tomorrow on the 20th um he's um he's out of bounds till june the 15th but I believe he goes back inbounds conjunct that north node in Cancer. So wow. you know, I love how the universe kind of these cycles. It's like <laughs> here we have the nodes aspected now, where we're sitting here on April the nineteenth and June the fifteenth, way ahead, the nodes come back in for another reason. And uh, I just love how the universe just kind of one thing follows on to another, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of astrologers and no, I don't, I don't, that's horrible. Some astrologers, they look at things very compartmentalized and don't look at the, the very big cycles and let's see how, Oh, this happens today, but this leads to this happening here tomorrow and this tomorrow and this tomorrow. Yeah. So it's unfair to say a lot of astrologers do. Yeah, you make a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, let's say old school. This is an old school is. idea that if that's... Oh, sorry. Oh, is your internet still? 
Yeah, your voice keeps going in and out. It's so strange. Stillness. I don't know when you're talking and you're not. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Strange energies we're having. This is. Uh... It all seems fine. Right. But... I, I did want to. I think you're absolutely. Good. Good. Inspiring indeed. Spire. Remember, we talked about spire. That's the. Um, you know, the Notre Dame thing. That's interesting. Um, I, I, I agree that this is all over time and that every little piece, it's like the one, two, three, everything, you know, step by step, things happen. And we may not see it, but we've got to recognize that even we are changing slowly. So we have to give ourselves room. We have to breathe. We have to allow like, oh, People that we've looked at and thought they'll never change are changing. And that's amazing. And so we can just open ourselves up and our hearts up to, to recognize if you are changing, we open our hearts, we welcome you in because we want something different. And I think that's just part of the whole thing. It's softening all of us up if we choose, like we can choose the softening. And some I also people. wanted to mention this very interesting fact. Wait, are you talking? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> no, you go. <laughs> okay. Um, I just want to mention this interesting fact. I talked about the moon and the sun being at 14 degrees, which is a five. This is about freedom. This is about being present in the now, um, kind of liberating ourselves, allowing for change, because change is what brings us into new things. And we have a numerous planets at 23. We have Eris, we have Jupiter. Uh, we have uh, Pluto. So that's also a five. So very powerful. There's so much five energy. It's just like this energy of liberation that's just showing us there are two ways to turn. You can you know, put a lot of effort into keeping things alive that are dying, or you can kind of move towards this idea of this grand adventure and you know, create the things you desire by actually moving towards them. I love the word liberation. One of my favorite words. <laughs> and of course, I've, I've, what we've talked about before on this podcast, this number 23, it weaves throughout this year, the number 23, kind of anchored by Eris, who spends most of the year at 23, the goddess of discord, who, who is shaking that apple up more um, kind of goddess energy is kind of, she's revealing what's hidden behind the picket fence and the facade and the artifice of, of our society. And, you know, you know, quite frankly, you know, and I know Notre Dame will be uh, rebuilt um, of course, but um, you know, uh, it's, it has revealed how we're more concerned about that, the man-made things than some of the, you know, natural wonders of the world kind of thing. So. Uh, She's, yeah, I think she's revealed yeah. that kind of shallow kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I think also this is part of our illusion. Like this is kind of the veils of illusion. Like we have kind of worshipped uh, an ideology that worships a building. Like, oh, this thing, this artifact needs to stay because it means so much. Mm -hmm. uh, and we are putting all that intention to these things we are looking at and yeah. not looking at the people uh, mm -hmm. that... Uh, are suffering or the earth that is suffering we're not looking at how we're abusing all this other stuff we're just looking at all these pretty buildings and going oh they've got history and they're powerful and wonderful and we've got to save them but what what are we actually 
you know, wanting to save because the truth is, you know, the idea of being a savior is like a total um, patriarchal bullshit oh. thing, right? So, you, you know, we, we're not here to save other people, you know. Uh, same as like, you know, it's like, it's almost like we have charity for that. We're so powerful. We can save the earth and we can save this one and that one. When the truth is we're supposed to work together. Like the earth is, mm-hmm. is, is equal or even more powerful than us individually. And so this is how we can, you know, quote unquote, save the world is by kind of getting back to who we are and then listening to what the earth has to say. Listen to what people say that we don't necessarily agree with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe we can communicate again. That's the Gemini energy of what this is about. And my I caught the fact that Mars, that I know we talked about him quite a bit, still in Gemini at this uh, new moon, twenty-two degrees, which is a you know a very potent number of coming into balance, coming to peace. It's the architect of peace number, coming to peace with how we use this energy, our fire, our uh, libido energy, mm-hmm. uh, our Martian uh, kind of drive to make things happen. Like we've used it to kind of push people out and to say, oh, well, we must save these pretty buildings. And now we've got to use it to speak about the those that cannot speak. Maybe Mars uh, being out of bounds will be amazing this time. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be the frustrations. Mars, he's, he's a bit of a bit of a wild devil when he's out of bounds but <laughs> but you know maybe he'll be coming up with ideas we've never thought of before and saying things that we wouldn't dare say before and things like that in gemini so yeah <laughs> 22 that's uh, that's very powerful too of course 22 is the degree of a different sign that saturn and pluto will connect at exactly on january the 12th 2020 um yeah. and 22 is a four as well so we have quite a few fours going on here and um it's that fateful energy of you know grounding what we believe in it's the fire into the earth and this is a key part of this whole martian thing like this mars energy that is irritating us is that we have to recognize it's not irritating us just to annoy us it's irritating us to create a pull so what are we doing? You know, what kind of pull are we creating here? And what do we want to do with this information that we're being given through our minds by the anger that is either being raised in us or raised in the people we're dealing with? Like, what do we want to do with that? Right. We can be very creative because this is our mind. This is mercury. We can come up with all these ideas and we have the uh, support of all the female Goddessy energies we talked about. Of course, I've, I actually for, just realized I didn't um, highlight that Vesta is at, also at 14 degrees of a different sign of Aries. Um, and Vesta being the uh, keeper of the flame, the hearth. Uh, and she's um, at 14 degrees Aries, conjunct Venus, the ruler of the new moon. Oh, yes. So we have yet another 14 in the. Um, in the chart or another five and uh you know vesta and and venus they've got that very uh priestessy kind of energy from the ancient times um 
so uh, there's some more for you too so exactly right that's very powerful the keeper of the flame would be kind of you know this idea of creation or procreation is uh, mm -hmm. you know this idea of venus or whatever you call her she's the traditional uh, kind of goddess that is in all cultures of rising out of the water birthing mm -hmm. uh, life uh, and i'm just thinking about how that famous painting of venus i think it's a raphael with venus like on the half shell that kind oh, of oh yes yeah, yeah. Pearl, right this idea of being a pearl and we've been talking about the idea of creating pearls and this is you know we talk about you know you mentioned um um palace athena right mm -hmm. that's pearls of wisdom there are so many different pearls but these are such sacred energies too mm -hmm. and they're pearls in the in the card that i picked right of course so, so that's it's very interesting i think if we think about this idea of what are we creating or what are we choosing to put our you know anger or passion into as opposed to just we were only allowed one kind of use of passion and that was anger right that's the only one that was right. acceptable in our world yeah now we're moving thank heavens Shall we get to the symbols? Seeing as yes. yes. Do you want to go first this time? Sure, I will go first. So uh, let's make sure I have the right one. Taurus, 15 degrees. Yes. Ah, head covered with a rakish silk hat, muffled against the cold, a man braves a storm. And the keynote is the courage needed to meet the crisis or crises precipitated by social ambition. So some of the, uh, what they're saying is the man with the silk hat has seen some of his ambitious efforts bring him social success, but he learns that often nothing fails like success. The storm may be within him or it may attack his social status. He is ready to face it daringly. This shows a willingness to accept crises and go through them and therefore great character, the soil upon which a higher kind of consciousness may develop. So this is the fifth and final stage of this particular area and implies a transition to a new level at which the individual who has learned from experience demonstrates a truly mature mind. What is revealed here is character under adverse circumstances. I think that's very... Um very in line with everything we've been talking about. <laughs> you know it's kind of the outer world success but um but what's underneath is what your real character is or real values um right the yeah. joyful a aspect when you have it at a rakish angle yeah of course that too now the the uh, chandra symbols <laughs> the, when i first read the the first line of it i was a bit like oh um but bear in mind this new moon is venus ruled and venus one of her representations is love um so the symbol is his best friend sings a song at his funeral <laughs> And it says, love penetrates all barriers. It arises the greatest wherever it is most profoundly needed. And it's perpetually astonishing in its fullness, its rich, sustaining power. Love is also held in a grieving and a mourning for what was and is no longer. And sometimes love becomes enwrapped in a twilight mood 
and can no longer see through the sentiments and the attachments to touch the limitless source of love, staying attuned to that place. Love can be a rocky ride. It pulls in lessons. It feels too much. And love is wedded to death, which it sometimes wishes to divorce itself from. Love is a limitless doorway and discovers how to navigate, navigate all the realms it is called into fluently, willingly and gladly, stripping away all the ideas about what it should look like and how everything needs to be to gratify and appease and make secure when love needs none of these things to endure. So that's saying a similar thing in a way that you know it's what's underneath the love that counts and the character underneath right and very brilliant i think it's 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 quite a, a impactful considering you talked about the um you know this idea of the building you know this yeah. you know, that's kind of the the man singing at his friend's funeral we have a lot of nostalgia for what has been and we're trying to hold on to it mm. and that actually protect prevents us from experiencing uh, love and and uh, kind of uh, exchanging it with others right you know this is the immortal quality of love right love is the thing that uh, sustains immortality and it also sustains us for how we create new things how we go forward if we go forward with love and joy and that silk hat and all of that it's all fun and it reminds me of me, my mood at the moment, walking around going, the patriarch is dying. Yay! <laughs> people, yes. get very, people get very offended by it, usually men. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. It's pretty hilarious. Oh. You know, they have a lot of change to make too, like we all do, right? Yeah. It's, I guess it's hard getting off your pedestal where you've never had to deal with... Uh, being somebody who's had to suffer certain things because of who you are and so if you've never had that you don't have any recognition of it and now when you have to get off your pedestal and say oh this is what it feels like no not so great (laughs) (laughs) and i'm just going around laughing about it because i think it's all great and joyful and it's going to be so much so much more joyful life when we're all anyway and and one thing i wanted to say about your joy which i think is really amazing we need to look at everything that's happening as much as we can through the eyes of joy is what happens when we laugh about all this stuff we're actually sending healing energy into the world we're making space where there hasn't been space we're bringing light into dark and that's i mean what's more powerful than that for sure so jen do you want to tell everybody where they can find you Sure. They can find me at genderchen.com. That's my website. I am also uh, have a Facebook group, uh, the Light Club of the Woo Woo Weirdos of the World. And of course, you can find me uh, on Medium, on Instagram, Facebook. I'm all over the place. Jen Duchenne. And I'm Louise Eddington, and you can find me at louiseeddington.com. Just don't look at my website for a few days too closely because, <laughs> because it's a, it reverted to a year old version due to, to, to a technical difficulty, but that's being fixed. Anyway, um, 
but everything's on there still. And you can find me on Facebook, Louise Eddington, my Facebook group, Planetary Magic Cafe, Louise Eddington Astrologer Facebook page. I'm on Instagram. I write almost every day on medium.com. And I also have my membership group, which was my Patreon, but I'm moving from Patreon to a one attached to my website. So, so unless you have you, do you have any final words, Jen? Final words? Uh, I don't, unless you want to ask me if the Akashic. Oh yes. Do they, uh, do the Akashic masters have anything to say about, <laughs> let's say what's being revealed at the moment. What's being revealed. Okay. So the first thing I hear them saying is just breathe, breathe. They're like, kind of like, oh, okay, this panic, you know, you just got to remember to breathe. Um, so what they're saying is that we're all being uh, shown what is possible. Now, it's interesting because we've looked for this. We have um, kind of called for help. Help us, let us be who we are. And yet now that it's here, it's not what we were expecting. Like we were expecting it to be, you know, easy. Oh, I just get to live in a big house and I have a, you know, a big car. But of course, that wouldn't serve the world or us. Mm-hmm. So they're saying it is it, it is a trying time. You know, they're not going to say that it isn't going to be trying, but it's like you have to adopt methods that will support you. So mm-hmm. the breathing, the um, contemplation, the t- the kind of going inward, take as much time as you need to go inward and check on uh, kind of your creative process. How are you coming to terms with what you value? And start conversation with not just other people, inviting them into conversation, go places, you know, kind of smiling and bringing your energy, but also with other beings, if you're in con- connection with them, with the earth, with the trees, with the plants, kind of begin to see these aspects as your um, kind of allies in this, right? And your equals. And you'll begin to feel more grounded because this is part of it. You've got to feel more grounded, more connected. You've got to remember and and realize where you are. This is uh, uh, very exciting because this is the uh, opportunity for all of us to get in touch with our free will. So this is kind of a very exciting ride. They're kind of showing me there's like this, you know, uh, wheel and then there's this um, this whole, like, you know, when you're in a plane or something, you have all this like board where you can press buttons and do all this stuff. So it's kind of like that. It's like, oh, you mean I get to go wherever I want and do this and that and that? And they're like, yeah. Yeah. And you have to recognize that how you respond to what you receive, you know, just kind of expands it, right? So if you think, oh, shit, this is nothing, and you don't see what's in front of you, then you're going to be constantly seeking for something you're never going to find. If you start going saying, wow, isn't this awesome? Like you, Lou, going, oh, the patriarch is over, yay! You know, it's like, (laughs) You're helping it along, but you're also directing how you want to experience this. And so that's what they're saying. Like we, we, are, we are learning how involved we really are in all of these experiences. So to take heart and take light. <laughs> and a quick last word from me. Venus and Taurus is about manifestation. So that ties in with that as well for the Taurus moon. So, <laughs> so we better go because um I have a lot to do before um I travel tomorrow, but um it's goodbye from Lou. And goodbye from Jen. <laughs>